this week. I was sitting in my office trying to get some work done and I needed to use a specific application on my smartphone. And so I opened up the application and it wasn't working the way that I thought it should. Everything was a lot slower. It was still loading, but a lot of the things that I needed to get right away weren't coming up as quickly as I was used to. So I knew that something must be wrong with my phone. So I closed the application out and reopened it. Same thing happened. So then I go and check and make sure, am I connected to the church Wi-Fi? Yeah, that's all working. And I hop on my computer and load up a web page quickly. That's all working fine. Something's wrong with my phone. So I found out, had to Google this, how to do the hard reset on your smartphone to just kind of reboot the whole thing. It closes out all the application, starts it all down, shuts it all down and starts it over. And then, thankfully, graciously, the application was working much better after I did that. Now, I'm telling you this story because the underlying predicament that I found myself in is simply that my phone wasn't working right now. Again, the application was loading. It was just slow. Not the way that I was used to. I didn't like how long it was taking. And isn't this so often how our minds and our behavior works these days? We're so used to how quick technology makes everything that the moment something doesn't run quite as smoothly as we're used to, we start freaking out. Something's wrong. i got to shut the whole thing down and start over. And notice that maybe it didn't happen with your smartphone, but yeah, we want our web pages loaded now. We want our Amazon package to arrive now. We want our order at lunch to get out of the kitchen now. We are a society of instant gratification. And now, there's not necessarily anything inherently wrong about that. This is the way we've been conditioned. It's how things work. Everything happens quickly in our world today. But that's a, that can quickly make us very impatient. How, how many times have we seen someone losing their mind because their order isn't getting out of the kitchen right away? You've seen the videos. Maybe it was even you getting all impatient because the waiter was taking 35 minutes rather than 30. But I think that all of this can also result in a deeper spiritual problem for us. When we are conditioned to think that everything should happen for us in a moment and in an instant, that can often lead to us making some very bad decisions. We'll do what's easy. We'll do what feels good in the moment. And at that time, we will completely turn our backs on the God who is steadfast and Alpha and Omega, age to age, always with us. We choose instant gratification over our spiritual foundation. This is what I would like to speak with you about this morning. Our text is a famous one. The parable of the prodigal son found in Luke chapter 15. And I've titled this sermon, as you might have guessed, Instant Gratification and Our Spiritual Foundation. Please pray with me. May the words of my lips and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Send your living word to move amongst us now, to challenge our assumptions, to set our hearts ablaze, and to make us whole again. Amen.
We will be looking, as I said, at Luke chapter 15. So get those Bibles out, pull it up on your smartphones, so long as the app is loading quickly enough, am I right? Luke chapter 15, and it kind of jumps around a bit. Um, I do invite you to stand. This is a spiritual practice. If, you, if it is moving and fitting for you, we stand in reverence of the word that is being read. We stand in reverence of knowing that God moves among us when we read the holy words of Scripture. So this is from Luke 15, and it starts at verse 1. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So there's the setup for you. There's the setup. This is why Jesus tells the parable that we're about to read. Jump ahead with me to verse 11. So then Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So the father divided his property between them. And a few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? And here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So the younger son set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arm around him and kissed him. And then the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. And the slave replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he got him back safe and sound. Then the older son became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I've been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command, yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, who killed the fatted cow, you killed the catted calf for him. And then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. Friends, this is the good news. It's the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So that is a long parable and there is a lot in there to unpack. But frankly, the nature of Jesus' parables is such 
Jesus tells parable upon parable throughout the scriptures. And what we need to realize is that every time you hear them, they're going to take on a new life of their own. Jesus didn't tell these parables and intend for us to say, oh, I've solved it. This is what it means, and then move along with our lives. No, no, no. Jesus tells and constructs his parables in such a way that they will capture our imagination, they will draw us in, and we will find ourselves within these stories in new and vibrant ways each time we hear them. And so we can't be too quick this morning, just because I'm sure you've heard a sermon before on the prodigal son, we can't be too quick to assume we know exactly what's happening here. Because the reality is, is that we have three distinct characters in this parable. And so maybe where you're at today, maybe you're in a position like the father. Maybe there's someone who's come home that you need to welcome and forgive with open arms. Or maybe, maybe you're the oldest son. Maybe you're in a position right now where you've seen someone who has been forgiven and you just can't wrap your mind around it. You see someone who has received the grace of God and it makes you angry because you never screwed up as bad as they did. There are lots of ways that we can find ourselves within this parable. But what I'd like to focus on this morning is the younger son. And sure, this is one of the most powerful illustrations we have in the scriptures of what God's forgiveness is actually like in our lives. It is like a younger son who squandered everything and yet is still welcomed back by our Father in heaven. That's powerful. That hits us right in the depths of our soul. But I want us to see as well some of the subtle details that Jesus inserts in this story because there's a particular behavior that the younger son is illustrating that I think speaks to our society right now. Yes, we can focus and we will talk about the greatness of God's forgiveness and welcoming us home again and again. But in a parable, every detail has meaning. And what I want to focus on is why the younger son leaves. If you still have your Bibles open, you want to look at verses 12 and 13 of chapter 15. If not, I'm going to read it for you now. But in Luke chapter 15, verses 12 and 13... This is why the younger son leaves. This is what happens. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. And so the father divided his property between them. And a few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. Now let's break this down for a second. In those days, the inheritance was a really big deal. Still is today, but you worked your whole life in order to have something to pass on to your children. But, but more to the point, the person that you would pass your inheritance onto was always the oldest son. The oldest son was the heir to whatever fortune may have existed. And so it's a particular point in here to realize that it's the younger son asking for his inheritance. More than likely, this wouldn't have been that much of the father's property. More than likely, the oldest son was going to get a very large amount, and maybe if there was something left over, the younger son would get a little bit too. And so that's a really interesting point. More than likely, the younger son here is not asking for a whole lot of money because he is the younger son after all, and everything was going to wind up with the older son anyways. 
But more to the point as well, if you are the younger son and you are going to your father saying, Father, give me my inheritance. Well, that's the same thing as saying, hey, dad, drop dead. You see, the younger son had some ideas about something that he wanted to do right at that moment. Never mind the fact that he had lived with his father for years. Never mind the fact that his past was wonderful, that his present was well taken care of and cared for. Never mind the fact that he had an inheritance waiting for him in the future. His father had planned everything and had overseen all of his existence. And yet the younger son still decided to turn his back on all that, to pursue whatever idea he had in the moment. I want us to notice the ways that we're just like the younger son in this sense. Now, I don't think anyone here would be rude enough to go to their parent and say, hey, drop dead and give me what you owe me. But I do think that we fall victim again and again to a need for instant gratification. We have an idea about what we want to do, about what might be easy, about what would feel good in that moment. And we turn our backs on God in order to do that one thing. Even though God has been with us in the past, God is with us in the present, God has prepared a future for us, we still will find ourselves in a moment deciding to do what we know deep down isn't right. We'll choose instant gratification over our spiritual foundation. You see, this is what happens with the son. He's in a good situation, and he turns his back on it for a moment of dissolute living. A few moments later, the son realizes he's made a big mistake and corrects his ways. But let's think about this just a little bit more, because oftentimes I don't think we realize the ways that we fall victim to our instant gratification modes in society. If you're finding yourself in a moment where you see someone else being bullied, being abused, we know deep down inside what the right thing to do is, don't we? We know what God would call us to do, what Jesus teaches us to do, how to respond in those moments when someone else, when a child of God is being harmed. And yet how often do we choose what's easy? Do we choose what's comfortable, what feels good in that moment? I'm not going to engage and stand up for what is right because, because then I might get hurt. Because then I might get involved. It's much easier to just do what feels easy right now. Or, or to give it a real practical example, think about the nature of gossip. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? That's a good one. We know deep down inside that gossip is just used to destroy community. Gossip doesn't benefit anything or anyone. And yet it is so tempting, isn't it? There's something so energizing about being able to pass that salacious rumor along down the line, isn't there? It's weird because we know it's not right, and yet it feels so good in the moment, doesn't it? Hey, did you hear what Sally said about you? Did you hear? Who is benefited by that? And yet we fall victim to that again and again. There is something about our need for that instant gratification. And so we turn our back on all that we know is right and good and true. The son turns his back 
on his spiritual foundation and finds himself eating with the pigs days later. The truth is that when we make these decisions, the truth is is that this is what breaks God's heart. And all the stories in the scripture tell us about the lengths that God will go to get us back. In this reading that we had this morning, you might have noticed that we skipped over about ten verses there. And in those ten verses, there's two other parables that Jesus tells. There's the parable of the woman and the lost coin, and it's the parable of the shepherd and the lost sheep. Further illustrating the point of just how far God will go for our sake. Even though we are people who fall and trip in the same spot again and again, even though we get lost all the time, God will be relentless in God's pursuit of us. God does not want us to be lost. God does not want us to make those decisions that destroy community, that destroy our soul. God wants us to follow his ways and paths. Ways that might not always be easy, but ways that are always right. And so the good news, church, the good news is that the Father is always willing to welcome us home. Even though, even though we often choose what's easy, even though we are steeped in this culture of instant gratification, even though we turn our backs on God and our spiritual foundation again and again and again, we will be forgiven because the love of God knows no bounds. The truth is, the truth is too, when we know this love of God like this, when we understand it deeply, that is what has the power to change us. Do you want to know why we always end up choosing instant gratification over our spiritual foundation? It's because we're forgetful. We forget how much God actually loves us. Imagine the son. That's exactly his experience. He chooses to take his inheritance now and go squander it in some distant country. But then he remembers how loving and gracious his father at home is. Oh my gosh, even my father's servants are fed meals. I should go home and confess and maybe I'll be treated with just an ounce of that graciousness. Church, we forget how much God loves us. And that is what leads us astray. And that's why we're focusing all this Lent on knowing the love of God more fully, more deeply, more in our bones, because that will have the power to transform and change us. When you know that your father is willing to run to you, to welcome you back home, suddenly those instant gratification decisions don't seem so compelling. So church, I invite you this morning to simply know the depths and mercy of God's love. As I told you, we're going to have time for a healing service. May that be another indication of the power of God in your life. Know that no matter how much you may have messed up, no matter the easy choices that you make, God is like a father running out to greet you and to welcome you back Amen. Amen.